All right, welcome in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Tyra Weston, Chris, along with you on this Reaction Monday, 633 Main Street at Firehouse Subs. going to be going until noon. Thank you once again to our guy Xavier Leggett for hanging out on the Garnet Trust Hour. We'll have that interview up for you shortly on the 107.5 Game Podcasting page. Great insight there from Xavier Leggett, uh, obviously you know talking about what happened on a Saturday night and those couple touchdowns he was able to bring in, but man, just a great insight from somebody that's going to be remembered for a very, very long time for what he's done in a South Carolina uniform. Yeah, hit. I think Tyler, I've, I've been covering the Gamecocks maybe not as long as some, but since 2009, so coming up on 15 years, and I think his, you know, progression into the type of player that he's become has maybe been the most fun to watch and to see on the other side because of what type of guy he is, like what Mm -hmm. type of kid he is, young man he is, and his work ethic and how he's just kind of beloved universally for just, you know, doing things the right way. And we've heard so much about that publicly from, you know, all his teammates, Spencer Rattler most notably, from his offensive coordinator, Dowell Loggins, from his head coach, Shane Beamer, and, and from the fans too. And, you know, sometimes you get great players that come in and it's kind of, you know, we were talking about Alshon Jeffrey earlier. I mean, Alshon, it took a few games, but you almost immediately got that greatness. Marcus Lattimore, you immediately got the greatness. I mean, one of his first, co- I think game number two of his college football career was 37 for 182 against Georgia. Sorry, Tyler. But <laughs> no, I remember. You, know, you remember. Uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney. Other guys take longer, but, man, you don't. It's always wise to wait on guys that have the physical traits of somebody like X, but you just you maybe don't see this type of progression as much to where it's literally year five and a guy just breaks out. Not only has his most impactful season, but has one of the best seasons in college football, one of the best seasons in South Carolina football history. And, Tyler, you gave the list earlier, some of the guys on that list. Those are great players. Those are NFL players who had long careers. And for his name to be on that list, I think, uh, is awesome. And it's a testament to his talent level and, and his work ethic. The, just to be on the same list as those guys we mentioned is uh, is special. Like, that's that's get your name, get your picture on the room in the, you know, in the receiver room at the, the ops building. Yeah. Like, they, they need to add to the, the mural in there, I, I think, next year. And I, I think – when you leave a legacy like that, you know, fans fans are going to remember you. And because of this season, I mean, he's going to – he's now in the conversation when people say, well, hey, who you know, who are your top ten South Carolina receivers of all time? Who are your top five in the last uh, – you know, in the modern era? Uh, you know, he's, he's now in the conversation. And, man, he, he's got a chance to add to it again on Saturday night. I wouldn't bet against him. <laughs> Um, you know, and the other thing that just was surprising to me, no nerves either, which I, uh, to, to be able to walk into an arena in front of 80,000 people and not get nervous, and I believe him, um, he said it so matter-of-factly. So that, that is, that's crazy to me. But I, I think NFL teams are going to fall in love with him too. And, and they're going to hear, I mean, Beamer and, and Loggins have already talked a little bit about having some scouts in the building and being asked about, you know, the team's top two prospects in Spencer and, and Zay. And I think it was Loggins that said the cool thing is that we can be completely honest uh, about those guys. 
and the work ethics that they have and, and the returns that you get on them as players. And te teams are absolutely going to love that. Um, and they're also going to see that, you know, this is a guy that's not only got not only got the production, but mm -hmm. he also has the traits, right, to where so there's some guys in college where you say that's a really good college player, but maybe his game doesn't translate. Well, we just saw, I mean, this guy, this is a huge human being mm -hmm. who can really run. He's got a great work ethic, is coachable, and he can also play through injury and play hurt. How many times have we seen him kind of limping around or limping off the field, and then he's right back at it, you know, catching passes. Well, and Dow Loggins, who obviously spent nearly two decades in the NFL um, prior to coming to Arkansas and South Carolina, I mean, he knows what it takes to compete at that level. And, and I asked Exeter that during one of the breaks, you know, things that it, you know, Dow Loggins has told him about how, he, how he'll translate to the next level and the insight that he's been able to give him. And obviously, you know, X has, um, you know, thrived well in this offense that he's brought to the table um, this season. And, and hopefully it will translate well to the next level as well, where, you know, he's going to be one of those higher round draft picks, you know, somebody that coming into the season nobody was talking about. And Juice Wells was being talked about as maybe a, a top 10 wide receiver pick or something like that. But now uh, Xavier Leggett's jumped up on those boards and uh, very excited to see what he can do in his NFL career after the next couple of games in South Carolina, of course. I'm excited to see what he runs, too, honestly. I, uh, you know, that was the Garnet Trust Hour. I don't know if Jeremy's listening, but if we can possibly uh, get a Garnet Trust event to watch, uh, yeah, I guess who all's racing him. Nick E. He said just him and Nick E. Because he's and already Harbor, beaten A.B. Harbor is invited. He's invited we, we for could, the 40 only. I got it. A Garnet Trust Olympics. Okay. Yes. Like at the end of the season, we'll, we'll organize something like that and definitely have the 40-yard dash. Yeah, we need we need to make that happen. And, and he said 40, 40 yards and 40 yards only, which I, I think is a, a smart move. And But I, I, in all seriousness, I'll be very interested to see what he runs um, on the laser at the combine because at his size with his tape um, he's already made himself quite a bit of money but he's got a chance to at least keep his the level he's probably at right now as far as uh, draft projections but possibly take another step up I think and we obviously talk about what he does on the field and how he's going to be loved and remembered for that but I mean sitting here talking to him for an hour just a humble guy obviously comes from honest roots come from all in South Carolina playing in front of you know 250 people on a, on a crowded Friday night and he's just somebody that a lot of people can understand and resonate with and I'm just looking at our firehouse subs text line it was blowing up that last hour people talking about how much they love Xavier and finally getting to hear him talk a little bit uh, you know as opposed to maybe some of the press conferences where he doesn't want to open up as much but um, you know he's somebody that not just for on the field stuff but the off the field stuff as well that people are just going to love and remember him for. Yeah, I feel like he did, he did open up a little bit, and I think when you know when NFL teams sit down with him and, and start to get to know him a little bit and have him in one on one conversations, you know he'll open up and, and show them his personality a little bit as well. I think so. Um, yeah, that that was fun. I'm glad we finally made it happen. I'm excited to see what he has in store for everybody on Saturday. Big game, obviously. Gamecocks taking on Clemson, and uh, you know I think he's excited for that as well. And uh, continues to be I mean just consistently the dude for South Carolina I, I saw the guys let's go back to my my theme of today's show <laughs> or today's entire three hours is our buddies at KSR um, <laughs> but I, I saw and I wish I had this in front of me basically I think I think they cut it off at 74 yards and 74 yards receiving 
for Zabo, as we now know <laughs> um, he is called. South Carolina is 0-4 when he has uh, less than that. And they've only that would mean they've only lost one game when um, – no, they've only lost two games when he's had more than that. And for most of the game on Saturday night, I think he only had about three catches for 31 yards prior to that um, final or that drive that ended up scoring the touchdown there. So they did do a decent job keeping him in check for most of the game. But then when obviously the moment uh, called for it, he was able to step up there at the end and get that touchdown. He, he got the last laugh on that. And um, guys, can we talk real quick about the anatomy of that play? Like the fact that you have – Spencer, first of all, goes to change the protection or at least alert Nick G. Mm -hmm. Realizes I have no time. A lot of times you see quarterbacks when they're in that situation and they start clapping, you know, snap it, snap it, snap it. The ball doesn't get snapped or there's a bad snap or it changes the complete just timing of the play. They get the snap off. Our guy DJ Braswell, freshman, who we all know freshman running backs, it's always about can you pass protect. Yep. He gets across Spencer's face and gets to the spot, gets a, gets the block, and then for Spencer to just that su- – that was a veteran throw. If you look, Spencer's subtle shuffle to the right to give himself a lane and time – without even being able to see Zay and then deliver the football. Um, I wish, Zay, Zay said something just kind of offhand, I think, about, you know, we rep that all the time. Or we just rep that on Thursdays. Like, we could do it with our eyes closed, basically, is, is what he was uh, alluding to. Spencer is basically saying my eyes were closed. Like, I, I couldn't see <laughs> yeah. because I'm getting hit. <laughs> it's truly the uh, epitome of blanket X's down there somewhere. Yeah, I mean – but but with the subtle there are intricacies to it as sure. well, which were just so impressive. And and just as importantly as that touchdown, let's go back to the third and fifteen earlier in that drive where they're backed up and it looks like the drive's going to come to an end. He's able to find X on that. Uh, AB ends up kind of diverting the safeties a little bit on that, and that's just as important as that touchdown because if you don't get that and that drive doesn't continue, and obviously that was you know in the midst of South Carolina's offense kind of being in that lull up to that point, that was kind of the spark of what got the offense going again uh, when he was able to get that third and 15 conversion. I was going to say, guys, I felt like South Carolina put themselves in some of those – for those entire like six drives, it was just like – a situation like that one time after another. And we, we've talked about that. This offense has really not been great at eliminating, like when a bet, when a negative play happens and they're behind the sticks, they already can't run the football. So they put a lot of pressure on themselves in those situations. But when they really, really needed it, they eliminated multiple negative yardage situations to mm-hmm. go score on that drive. To that point – you can go back and look at several drives that were killed by um, penalty, usually penalties, basically. Yeah. Well, and this is why recruiting is so important. You know, you, you had a second and 26. You're down 14 to 10. You're in U.K. territory, but now you're backed up because you got 
an illegal block in, in the back that, that wiped out what was a nine-yard gain on second and 11. Now you're second and 26, and they call uh, a little screen pass to Xavier Leggett. He gained 17 yards, and then the next play is a 17-yard touchdown on the third and nine. How about that? The mind-blowing numbers, Wes. Yeah, there's people that, like, get all crazy over in the numbers yeah yeah Numer- what is that numerology or numerology. something? numerology well there, there's some right there but i mean two two back-to-back 17 yard plays by number 17 but those are those two plays were just i'm better than you plays you know i think the first one you, you just have a nice play design i think that was that kind of fake to one side throw back to the other side pass that we've seen dow loggins draw up xavier get did a really nice job uh offensive line got out got a piece of some guys Zay kind of held on to Nick Gargiulo and gained maybe like five extra yards from what he could have gotten, and that got him into position. And then the, the play that, that y'all just broke down, we saw that's just a, a great quarterback making a great throw. It's a freshman stepping up who was a highly recruited freshman, and then Xavier Leggett, and those guys just kind of combined and, and made a big play. Absolutely. So once again, thank you to Xavier Leggett for hanging out with us for today's edition of the Garner Trust Hour. Again, we'll have that interview for you up shortly on the 107.5 The Game podcasting page if you missed any of it. But it is Reaction Monday. We'll continue to look back on what happened Saturday night between the Gamecocks and the Wildcats. Hear a little bit more from Coach Beamer. Uh, he's talked about a number of things, including how they used Lenora Sellers on Saturday night. We'll hear about that coming up. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on Reaction Monday, live at Firehouse Subs on 633 Main Street, going until noon here on the game. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, broadcasting live at Firehouse Subs, 633 Main Street, right here on campus. Tyler, Wes, and Chris going with you until noon. It is Reaction Monday. We'll hear more from uh, Coach Beamer from Saturday night in just a moment. But speaking of Gamecock Central and 107.5 game, some pretty cool stuff going on uh, between the two as far as some ticket stuff, uh, Chris. Yeah, you can actually go to tickets.gamecockcentral.com. And there, Tyler, you can also register for free to win two free tickets to the upcoming Clemson game on Saturday, thanks to all of us, I guess I could say, but all of us here at 107.5 the game as well. Absolutely, for sure. So excited about that. Um, Looking back this past weekend, once again, uh, obviously we talked about it so much coming into the game that um, South Carolina was going to have to get a little bit creative when it came to running the ball with uh, both Juju McDowell out for the season with his collarbone injury from the Vanderbilt game and to carry on Joyner uh, still dealing with that lower body injury um, and not being able to play this past weekend against Kentucky. As we kind of figured, though, they might mix in Lenora Sellers a little bit to alleviate some of that concern in the run game. And that's exactly what they did. Here's what Coach Beamer had to say about Lenoris and his expanded role on Saturday night. Yeah, we knew we needed to be creative uh, defense or offensively with uh, only having two scholarship running backs tonight. And, um, you know, Mario is Mario's beat up um, and was going into this week. He's tough as heck. And I uh, knew we couldn't rely on him every time. And we got confidence in DJ, but DJ's a true freshman that hasn't played a ton. It's tough to put him in that position tonight. So we knew we needed to be creative. I mean, I knew at the end of the um, – Really knew going into the Jackson or who we played last week Vanderbilt game that we were gonna probably need that Lenoris package down the stretch and after Juju got hurt and, and we we put Lenoris in the game at the end of the game last week and that freaking touchdown he was he was supposed to hand it off and then it was actually an RPO where he 
Spencer would throw the ball to the flat, but Lenoris looks to run. So we had him in the game to finish the game, just hand it off because we really didn't want to put that on tape. And next thing I know, he pulls it and runs for a 40-yard touchdown or whatever. So I remember saying last week at the Vanderbilt game, I'm like, you kidding me, um, that that was on tape. So that he credit him. I mean, <clears throat> that's a good defense. He came in there, but we needed to be creative tonight. So we used, you know, Xavier Leggett some at running back. We had Josh Simon in the backfield some. Um, we used Lenoris at quarterback. And, and really, it's just trying to get our best players on the field and give, give Kentucky something to – uh, prepare for, you know, and Lenoris did a, Lenoris did a good job and, and, but, you know, not good enough when 33 rushes for 50 yards is uh, it's tough sledding and, and, um, you know, they're a good defense. Don't get me wrong, but we got to continue to find ways to be better there. And as Beamer mentioned there, it was a tough night uh, running for the team overall, 33 carries for 50 yards and no touchdowns. But again, Lenoris Sellers was asked to do a little bit more and got out there and was able to uh, to make a couple of plays. And it will be interesting to see how they uh, decide to use him in these uh, hopefully next couple of games as we wrap up the season. Yeah, a guy sitting behind me actually is from Chris's neck of the woods. And uh, he about had to down in front me when I stood up at the game. <laughs> and started uh, throwing my hands up, praising the heavens, <laughs> when I finally saw the Lenore Sellers package. The short yardage package. That we've been wanting to see and hoping to see all year long. Um, it was it was an interesting wrinkle how they did it. Mm -hmm. uh, keeping Rattler on the field, essentially having Rattler, you know, as a running back. They, uh, they also motioned him out of the backfield. And so – it was interesting that they did it like that to keep the threat of seven on the field, I guess. Like, you know, you and I, I guess we talked about on the show how, you know, the one thing about doing it by actually bringing in another quarterback is that you allow the defense to um, to, to sub and, and match you. And so I, I do wonder what, what else will they do off of this same personnel package yep. because – you're you're sitting there. Yeah, obviously they're trying to win the game, but you you have two quarterbacks on the field because everybody because there was even there was one where they motioned Rattler out and you're like, all right, is this the double pass? Like, you, you know you're putting that threat in opponents' minds. So there's I don't know. There's I'm a just, lot more you can do here. I'm not saying. Sure. I'm just saying. Well, and another. I'm not just. I'm I'm just saying. Uh, decent prediction day, I think Wes. For, for me, I, I didn't nail the score. I did get the three-point margin right. And also said, I think, five or more carries for Lenoris. Didn't he have five? Uh, for, he first, had, time, first time all year I've gotten anything right. This hold on. Point, probably, probably, uh, on he actually only had two carries. Two carries. Okay, five snaps. Yeah, five snaps. Yeah, five two snaps, carries. Yes. But, there, but to your point, Wes, seriously, I mean, there, there is a lot more you can do here. And I've got to think we're going to see this more against Clemson, right? Clemson's defensive front. They're front six, front seven. Really good. I mean, Kentucky's got some guys that are really good at the linebacker position. Deion Walker, their nose guard was I that mean, he, dude he wrecked shop. Re yeah, I mean, he is exactly what I was about to he, say. He he wrecked some things up front. But you know, you look at Clemson. I think even more so at the linebacker position with Jeremiah Trotter, Barrett Carter. They got some guys that can really hurt you up there. And so I think having Sellers out there in those short yardage, you know, third and two, third and one packages down near the red zone. This isn't just a one-trick pony, though, at quarterback. Like, Lenore Sellers is a guy that can throw the football. Um, he can make decisions. And so, uh, yes, he's a freshman, but I think the staff probably knows that they can 
they can trust him. They know that he can improvise, you know, in situations. <laughs> and so if uh, maybe, 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 maybe more than they want, uh, uh, improvise a little bit more than they want. So they might have to rein him in a little bit situationally, you know, against a team like Clemson. But I've got to think we're going to see more and, and probably some more wrinkles off of that uh, package did, as well. Did y'all catch Josh Simon in the backfield? Uh, I did. You did? Yeah. yeah. What, was, what was the – you know, I can't remember what he did. If it was uh, a lot of people have asked about the personal protector thing, like we saw with Nate Atkins, you know, last season that they put in for when they do that, the floor, starting the Florida game last was year. Is that what they? Is that what they were using him as? I, I see. I don't remember. I've I've not gone back and completed a rewatch yet. I, I didn't see Josh a lot in the backfield, but a lot of people have asked about that. Like, hey, will we see some of that given some of the protection issues? My answer has always been, well. If there's another Nate Adkins on the roster, then, then go for it, right? But, um, you know, Simon is – Simon and Trey Knox both more pass-catching tight ends, like you lean that way. But we did see that Simon. Beamer pointed out we saw X in the backfield. Uh, typically they've been doing that more for passing game matchups, like how to count the receivers, so to speak. But he did see, Wes, you pointed out, some carries uh, against Kentucky. And we saw Simon too, but I, I don't really – I didn't really catch exactly if, how he was used. If it was when he was out there, it had to have only been a handful of plays because I don't recall seeing that and watching the game back last night. And he obviously didn't end up, you know, taking any handoffs. But as we talked about, you know, we knew Longins was going to have to get very creative and, and between a combination of, you know, using somebody like uh, X in, in the run game, Miriam Brown takes some sweeps as well. Like, had to get creative with it. And um, obviously, Lenore Sellers is, is going to be a big key to the running game with this offense, you know, next year more likely than not. And uh, good to see him, you know, getting the opportunity to get some reps in and uh, hopefully build some of that confidence going into next year. Yeah, and I'll just look. So Simon, according to PFF, three snaps in the backfield. So I, I, I don't remember seeing it a lot. They moved him around a lot. Um, 20 in line, which is kind of your more traditional tight end, three in the backfield, four times in the slot, and five out wide. So they moved Josh, you know, around a good bit in this game. Yep. They're moving X all over the he's place, He's all over too. the place, yeah. Uh, but if, if he's in the backfield, it ain't to be personal protector. <laughs> like, they, you know, they've uh, they've done some really good things with him throughout the year, I feel like. And um, it, it was act, it was kind of fun just watching it. Because so obviously this is radio, so y'all listening can't see it. But I've got the iPad playing the game here. And every now and then, Xavier's eyes would dart over to, to him making a play on here and I would say a very underrated play in this game and maybe we mentioned it earlier maybe we didn't but on that the same drive the third and 15 dig route completion from uh from Rattler to to X was um another situation where this offense kind of had gotten behind the the chains and and were able to to convert yeah, absolutely, and and obviously plenty more to react to uh, from this game on Saturday, and we'll continue that as the week goes along as we get you set for Clemson as well. But also the men's basketball team was in action over the weekend out there in Arizona, took on DePaul on Friday night and then took on Grand Canyon last night, ended up picking up victories in both those games. We'll hear from Jack Veltry of Gamecock Central coming up, uh, recapping that as we are broadcasting live at Firehouse Sub 633 Main Street going until noon. We've got some tickets to give away, got some basketball tickets, and a pair of Clemson tickets. you got to work for it, though. you got to do something a little bit crazy to get those Clemson tickets, according to our guy Josh. We're not just going to hand them over to you, but if you can get here before noon, you can uh, attempt to 
get those Clemson tickets at least. As uh, it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Going until noon on a Reaction Monday here on the game. We'll wrap it up. Now he gives it to Jacoby Wright. Wright will dribble out of trouble. And you can put Spurs on this one. The Gamecocks get to 5-0 and as they defeat Grand Canyon here. 75-68. to A hard-fought contest. Great shooting. And in the second half, a very much improved effort in terms of taking care of the basketball. And some pretty play against a very physical team as well. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris live out at Firehouse Subs, 633 Main Street going until noon. Again, we got some basketball tickets, some Clemson tickets to give away if you can get here in the next uh, 25 minutes or so. Speaking of basketball, time to talk a little bit of basketball. That was called last night. Derek Scott on the Gamecocks Radio Network as the Gamecocks picked up the 75 to 68 victory over Grand Canyon in the Arizona tip-off tournament to uh, take that tournament title uh, out there in the uh, in the uh, uh, Mountain Time Zone there to improve to 5 and 0 on the season. The first time they've been 5 and 0 to start a season since that 2016. 2017 campaign, which of course led to a Final Four appearance now as we bring in Jack Beltry from Gamecock Central to talk a little bit of basketball. I don't know if this team's going to go that far, but uh, certainly uh, nice to be starting off 5-0 uh, and and for what's been a pretty fun season so far. Yeah, you heard, you heard a lot of references on the broadcast these last few days about how uh, eerily similar the, uh, the situation is because, you know, they are playing out in Glendale, which is right near Phoenix, and then um, five and zero for the first time since 2016-17. So that was a pretty good year. Um, not sure if they'll get that far, but uh, hey, right now you got to be happy with this team. They're five and zero, uh, and really looking like a good basketball team. Hey Jack, how excited were you yesterday that it was a normal tip-off time instead of uh, a midnight-ish tip-off time? Dude, I, I was so Friday night. I had went out with uh, one of my old college buddies um, to hang out for a little bit, and then I—that was your like, first hey, man, mistake. I gotta, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I gotta go back. And I gotta go cover a game, so uh, I'll see you later. But uh, yeah, it didn't start till around midnight, and then uh, I don't think I hit the publish button till I think exactly like two twelve in the morning. So uh, thank God South Carolina football did not play till uh, seven thirty the next night because. Otherwise, I would have just been uh, a hot mess uh, if it were a noon kickoff. Yeah, and, and so in all seriousness, man, as far as on the court, the fact that I, I was just impressed that South Carolina, a, a team that, that obviously relies very much on their shooting ability, they went out there and despite having this midnight tip-off, despite travel, um, you know, it, all these little things that you could just use as an excuse if they did not play well, they went out there and, and just did their thing, man. Um, you know, I, I thought seemed like started both games. I'll be completely honest. I didn't stay up and watch the one on uh, Friday, but, but I did watch the one last night. Just um, looked dialed in early on and uh, just went out there and, and took care of business. That that had to be a great sign for Lamont Paris. But, but what did you think about the fact that they didn't really let any of those external factors affect them in, in these two ball games? Yeah, they play, yeah, like you said, Wes, they played really strongly right away in that first game. Like, I think they had probably, I think they had gotten into, into Arizona maybe a day or two before. 
so they had a little bit of time to acclimate themselves to the area and the time difference and all that. But at the same time, when, you know, you're at a really late night tip off, it can mentally affect you, I think. But South Carolina really didn't let it happen against DePaul. They were shooting the ball well early, playing pretty good defense. Uh, They looked a little sluggish, I'll say, in the second half of that game. Uh, But they still managed to win. And then yesterday, I think they just looked really well. I don't think the time difference or anything or jet lag, whatever it might be, I don't think it really affected them at all. Because you got to remember, they led for, gosh, I want to say maybe like 35 minutes of that game. Like, I can't remember exactly the right amount or how long they led. But, I mean, Grand Canyon, when they had a lead, they were only up by one, and then South Carolina got right back in front. So, credit to Lamont and his staff for getting this group ready to go. And they had, I'm, I'm telling you, man, they had a really good tournament, all things considered. Jack, Chris here. Uh, so, I don't know if you've caught on to this bit yet, but I typically turn uh, my segments – uh, talking basketball here on the GC Takeover Hour into Miles Studi talk. Um, that I've, I've just Miles been Studi fan club. Miles president. Studi fan club. Uh, it started when I saw Vanderbilt play here in Columbia last year. Miles didn't have a great game, but just watching him, I'm like, man, that that's a good player right there. And I think he's really seemed to flourish. You know, came to South Carolina so that he could get more of an opportunity to kind of you know, just unlock his game offensively. What did you see from him specifically last night? Because he seemed to make a a pretty big impact to me. He did, he did. And I'll kind of spin your your question there a little bit, Chris, Um, because it's not not just him. It's also the rest of the transfers and this entire team that plays together as one unit. Stewie's a big part of that, don't get me wrong. He, He shoots the ball really well. Honestly, he's probably like one of the more efficient shooters if not the most efficient shooter on this team. But when you have him combine that with B.J. Mack, who had his best game of the season last night um, offensively, just 27 points, using his size to really get down the paint and make plays, and then he can also shoot the ball well. And then Jacoby Wright, Michi Johnson. It was such a team effort this weekend. I don't think you would have seen that from from last year's squad because it was just a lot of individual um, play and all that sort of stuff, in my, just in my opinion. But this year they're playing as a group, um, no egos or anything. They're just playing ball. And, I mean, it's showing on the court right now. They're following up for a reason. And that chemistry they have is just really strong. And, like I said, Studi is a huge part of it. Again, talking to Jack Veltry from Gamecock Central. Jack, about two more minutes here. Uh, now they got about eight days off before they get into their next game against Notre Dame in the ACC SEC Challenge, of course, being 5-0 and is exactly where they wanted to be to start the season. But uh, areas of improvement, what can uh, Lamont Paris and company work on over the course of this next week for uh, the next game? I think, well, two things I would have said after Friday's game, they, well, they kind of fixed it up on Sunday, was free throw shooting and turnovers. I mean, when they faced DePaul on Friday, I think they went, I think they went like 57% at the free throw line, which is really not good enough. Um, considering how many fouls were being called, you you had the game in the bag. If you hit maybe like, if you turn those free throws, you know you cut you cut it in half and you hit more of them. And then just the turnovers. I mean, 17 on Friday was not good, but you fixed those both on Sunday because I think South Carolina went 12-14 at the line on Sunday against Grand Canyon, and then they had 10 turnovers in the game. Uh, but most of those came in the first half. So those would be the two biggest things I would work on, and then. 
just continuing to try to spread the floor more. I mean, we know there's so many shooters on this team. Um, you know, some guys are going to have an off night. Uh, Friday was kind of a good example because Michi Johnson and I think Zach Davis were the two guys to only have double digits. And everyone else kind of struggled a little bit. I mean, B.J. Mack had maybe like four points. Some other guys didn't even get that high in point totals. So continue to spread the floor, spread the shots, and try to get everyone going because when, when this team is on, they're, they're dangerous. And, you know, look out for them in a week. I think they're going to be really uh, fired up to play in that SEC-ACC challenge game. Well, we look forward to seeing how they respond after that little bit of a break and taking on Notre Dame next Tuesday in the SEC-ACC Challenge. Jack, thanks so much for a couple minutes of your time. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Again, Jack Beltry from Gamecock Central giving us a little bit of insight into men's basketball. Women's team actually in action tonight taking on South Dakota State out at Colonial Life Arena. We'll come back and wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs live out at Firehouse Subs, 633 Main Street. I believe our guy Larry Chain are going to slide in with us for a few minutes to wrap up today's edition of the show on this Reaction Monday here on the game and the game app. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, broadcasting live at Firehouse Subs, 633 Main Street, right here in the heart of campus in Columbia. A couple more minutes along with you. We've been giving away tickets. We've had amazing Firehouse Subs. It's always fun when we're out here at a Firehouse Subs location. Even more fun when our guy Larry Chandler gets to jump on with us. Uh, Larry, you've been out here with us all morning. Got to hang out with Xavier Leggett a little bit in the last hour. Uh, it's been a bit of a fun day so far. Oh, definitely a fun day. Got got to, got to talk to him a little while, and it's always good to see him. Absolutely. So, but, uh, I think he's going to go off on Clemson, Larry. I'm just going to oh, make so. that prediction. I'm not going to tell you what it guarantee me, but you know, <laughs> I got to keep it on the low side in case. You know, I think he's excited for that game. He's he, he's ready to ready to play it. So, I think he's going to have a great game, like you said. And you'll be in the stands. Yes. You'll be in Williams Bryce Stadium. Hundred percent. On Saturday. That'll Hopefully he won't be able to talk on Sunday, you know, from, you know, cheering the Gamecocks on. So probably not. I, I've sat beside you for some games. You do yeah, some cheering. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Well, you know, that's you know, I was talking about the students. When I was a student here, if you if you could talk on Sunday, there was a problem. You didn't do your job. <laughs> you didn't do your job. So uh, I'm not calling the students out. Don't get me wrong, but I think students should have a goal of not being able to talk on Sunday okay. after the game. And that was you. Yeah, that was us. You, you never you never left early. I'm sure. No, no. Did you, did you go – now, did you do like a lot of the students did on Saturday? You know, they migrated down and, and wished Kentucky by, you know. Well, we had uh, – I guess for my sophomore year on uh, in fraternity, we had uh, certain seats we'd have. Uh, that was back over on the side where the uh, visiting team sits now. That yep. was our – the students were over there. And uh, so we had set seats we could get. We had uh, – and they would rotate how good of seats. And sometimes you're at the very bottom, sometimes you're up. But uh, so we got there, and yeah, so that, we didn't do that. They answer your question, but uh, but uh, so you should yell. They could probably yeah. still hear you though from where you were. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, oh, without a doubt. So do you have a definitive favorite moment from the South Carolina Clemson rivalry? Um, well, I wasn't here. I think my favorite as a as a kid. I say a kid. I was probably fifteen. Is when Jeff Grants went off. We went went off on him here and scored every time we had the ball. I think that's always gonna be one of the favorite. Uh, games and of course then uh, during the spurrier time i remember one game uh it was 12 o'clock I, I just i was in a moment where i just felt really good and i got in there really early to the game 
we were playing, and um, Clemson was favored by a lot. And uh, and uh, shoot, what's his name? Ran the kickoff. Um, Spiller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, oh lord. And then he then he did it, and uh, and I'm like, okay, stay calm, and and then of course then we we just destroyed him after that. And so anytime we played uh, during the J- Jadavian and uh, you know that Ingram's time where we pretty much owned. <laughs> any quarterback came in there but uh yeah so there's a couple of them that uh, i remember uh for sure to stand out so. what, what what do y'all think was more special this and i it's probably an easy answer it's probably the five in a row is it the five in the row or is it i mean i i feel like last year after not beating clemson for so long and listening to the gamecock fans that i'm really tight with like there's a stretch there where you're you're just like is this clemson sort of role that they're on, not just against South Carolina, just in general, is it ever going to slow down? Like, it felt like they just had all the momentum in the world to go out there and beat them last year um, after being down early. uh, You know, you have a pick six, an interception in the end zone, but Spencer just keeps going, keeps firing away. Um, uh, To me, that's almost as special as beating them five years in a row. Yeah, well, I mean, without a doubt, when we were down, and I was thinking, you know, stay positive, and it's hard for me sometimes. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> After that many years, and uh, and then they just chipped away. It's just like, man, watch it. Here we are. We're back in it, and then then pull out the win. It was it was exciting to beat, and especially to beat them up there. And I guess uh, since 2015, that was only the second time, if I'm not. Did they, and they had won. Uh, Pittsburgh beat them, and then we beat them. Yeah, I think, 40 straight games. 40 yeah. straight games there. Yeah. And, uh, and anytime we can beat them, it's awesome. I don't care where we play them at. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just want to beat them. So. <laughs> Obviously, heading into the month of November, sending it to a six, it was looking a little bit bleak for the Gamecocks. But they put together these uh, three wins in a row to give them the opportunity to still get that bowl uh, eligibility this uh, weekend coming up against Clemson. What's been your take on what you've seen over these past three weeks? I think it's just the uh, what I'm impressed about, and, you know, I love Coach Beamer. I think uh, the positivity, a lot of teams would have just, I think at two and six would have said, you know, maybe I shouldn't use the word fold it, you know, call it in, but it's very impressive, and it says a lot about his leadership and the coaching staff and the players to stay together and say, hey, we got still got something to play for. Uh, we have this many games to play, and we're at home, and, uh, and just – keep playing and grinding it out and uh, they've gotten better and better in my opinion the defense has gotten better uh you know that was impressive saturday night then the week before you know uh vanderbilt game they started really clicking they're playing hard i mean you know that just uh, it says a lot in my opinion and uh, as a fan it's you know uh really impressed with it you know so Larry, Thanksgiving on Thursday we're staring at the Thanksgiving turkey sub <laughs> promo right there I've already had three, by the way. three yeah. of them today. Um, what, what can you tell the listeners out there about y'all's new uh, limited time only sub? Well, I'll tell you, it's been a great. Uh, we only have it for I think five or six weeks over time, but uh, it's been a very popular sub. We sell a lot every day, and uh, plenty of time for everybody to come by and grab one. Uh, I'm not a big cranberry person, but I'll tell you that cranberry spread on there with that dressing is uh, off the chart. It's uh, uh, one of my all-time favorite LTOs we've ever had. So 
Absolutely. No, Chris and I were saying the same thing. Not big cranberry guys, but that was the perfect balance on that sandwich. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, like Chris, uh, Wes yeah. said, it was uh, it was delicious. So uh, that'll do it actually for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Uh, Larry, thank you so much for letting us hang out at another one of your Firehouse Subs locations today. Always a pleasure to have y'all. Y'all can come every day if you like, so we appreciate you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I might go broke, though, with y'all eating. <laughs> <laughs> Reaction Monday rolls along with the halftime show up next here on the game. All right, guys, let's tell you about our friends over at Integrated Media. They can take your home and make it even smarter. They specialize in smart home installation services right here in the Midlands. If you want some examples of some password, you may say, well, Chris, what does that mean? What exactly can Integrated Media do for me? You can go to their website, integratedmediainc.com. Several options for you there. Click on their gallery. You can see some things that they've done in the past. You can also check out their Instagram and Facebook pages. That's Integrated Media Columbia. They can do everything from mounting a television for you, hiding all those ugly wires so that they're not in the way and things look great. They can do that. They can also do a complete smart home solution. Weather's changing. If you want to be outdoors next to the fire pit, fire pit season, they can make sure that you have an outstanding setup there as well. IntegratedMediaInc.com. Our friends Michael and Nathan can be reached at 803-948-8327. That's Integrated Media. It's still your home. It's just smarter.